In this episode of Pie Hard, we take a look at the rough diamonds of the Collingwood Football Club and beyond. We pay tribute to Collingwood's spiritual protector, Darren Mullane, and ask who is the modern-day Rat Pack. And we head to America to find out how the NFL deals with its own breed of bad boys. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. You don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in the cell. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Hello and thanks for listening to another episode of the Pie Hard Podcast, broadcasting from Collingwood. And how appropriate that we're here on the gritty crime-washed streets of Magpie Heartland for the Bad Boys episode of Pie Hard. I'm Damien Miller and joined, as always, by the pie-hard guilty party, Ellery Ryan. Hey, hey. Jay Tarabo. G'day. And Alex Watkins. Good to be here. Now, before we get started, I'm really keen to get a read on the uh, pie-hard team's rap sheet. So I might um, I might throw it out there. Has anyone got any uh, any uh, past afflictions or or anything from their past that they uh, they need to get out there in terms of arrests or... Street driving, uh, <laughs> diversion, and I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been raped upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm clean. You're all clear. Although apparently if you go to Canada, I'm in trouble in Canada because of drink driving. Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> so that, Canadians so that, are very particular on drink driving, apparently. I do not like it. <laughs> so that anklet's got nothing, nothing to do with it, has it? <laughs> Beeping. <laughs> That's, I'm actually not ordering a great. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's my parole officer. When we walked past that school the other day, yeah. you know, it's like, what's that noise? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Um, <laughs> no, I'm clean. I'm clean. This is, of course, the uh, Bad Boys episode where we take a look at um, all-time sports Bad Boy Hall of Fame to see how our own brand of troublemakers stack up uh, against the worst in the world. Um, from petty crooks to big-time felons, we go deep into the archives to bring you the drinkers, swindlers, hustlers, raconteurs, Wrongdoers who have graced the football field and asked the question if Collingwood's Rat Pack was ultimately a blessing for the Collingwood Football Club. We'll get to that. Oh, that's good stuff. This is Pie Hard. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, okay, big bad news boys, in the NFL this week with uh, 36-year-old Oakland Raiders guard Richie Incognito being suspended by the team for the first two matches of the season for violating their personal conduct policy. Does anyone want to take a stab at what Richie... Is, is that a real name? ...got up to? That is a real name. Richie Incognito. I thought you were protecting his identity. No. <laughs> <laughs> Player X. <laughs> True name is actually Richie Incognito Jr. Wow. But we'll just cut that out for, for the purposes of a swift edit. Does anyone want to take a stab? What did Richie do? And that's a club enforced suspension, are we talking? Or he's actually, like, he the fell clubs, off a bridge? The club's or? handed it down. Right. Uh, I'm going to say uh, cockfighting. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go down one knee in protest against the racist patriarchy? No, I, I no he go, didn't, but I like that angle. Mm. I was going to go, not cockfighting, but dick pics. Ooh, Ooh, I like it. 
sounds about right in today's climate, right? Couldn't, couldn't be further from the truth. In August of last year, Incognito walked into the funeral home in charge of burying his father and told those working that he needed access to his dead father's body so he could cut off his head for research purposes. <laughs> what? Incognito <laughs> then told the workers that if he didn't get access to his father's corpse, that he was going to shoot all of the workers dead. Oh. The funeral home workers called the police, and according to the police report, guns were found in Incognito's truck. This is a quote from the Raiders general manager, Mike Maycock, um, who came out and said, well, you can't all be Boy Scouts, Um, which sounds right out of the Mick Malthouse playbook. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But let me continue. Richie has form. Three months earlier, Incognito was accused of throwing dumbbells and a tennis ball at another man in a gym in Florida. Tennis balls, they'll kill you. Tennis ball. <laughs> that probably coupled Ouch. with the uh, oh, with the dumbbell. Uh, incognito at the time was reportedly ranting about the government while telling the man to get off his fucking playground. Wow. Uh, he told police he was working for the National Security Agency and had classified documents on his phone. Police in turn described him as suffering an altered paranoid state and believed ordinary citizens were government officials that were tracking him and recording him. Wow, this guy's off the charts, isn't he? It's been alleged that he was um, known to have gouged players' eyes, punched players, and made illegal tackles on a regular basis, so much so that uh, in that same year, 2009, NFL players voted Incognito as the dirtiest player in the league. Incognito developed a particularly awful reputation after the Bullygate scandal of 2014, when he and another Miami Dolphin offensive linesman were suspended by the NFL for harassing teammate Jonathan Martin uh, in what was described as a bizarre hazing ritual. Uh, That harassment included slurs and taunts regarding Martin's race and sexuality. But if there's a silver lining, in in July 2018, uh, coincidentally between the Florida gym assault and the bizarre Arizona funeral home incident, Incognito was named as a national ambassador for Boo to Bullying, an anti-bullying non-profit based in Los Angeles. In a statement announcing this nomination, he said he could relate to both sides being bullied and being accused of bullying by others. Well, uh, here's a question: uh, How many matches would you get today if that if that happened? Let's say for which it was, one? Uh, let's say it was the funeral or the no no. Let's uh, let's say that uh, I don't know. Brody Grundy goes into a funeral home. Alan McCall's just and friends all these <laughs> Alan McCall's funeral. <laughs> Research because he's researched these wonderful minds. Was that a state funeral? Uh, no. He says he has to put Alan's head up at Vic Park as a <laughs> beacon of <laughs> Maggie Land. Yeah. How, <laughs> many, how many weeks? How many weeks? Oh, you're getting a few. Come on. <coughs> you're probably coming more than two. What era are we talking? Are we talking no, like, today? Well, this was this was this year. <laughs> this was, was last it? year. This was 2018. So, and, and he was suspended this I, year. I feel like the NFL is quite strict on all that stuff, but. No, apparently not. Lacks <laughs> <laughs> wow, with that hey. one. Shit, and Kaepernick gets kicked out of the league for not kneel, you know, for mm. kneeling. Yeah, exactly. So... For being righteous for his people, but no. So we don't really stack up against the Richie Incognitos of the world, do we? When you really think about it. And so I think we do need to do a bit of a dive into uh, a little bit closer to home and start off with uh, the bad boys of the Collingwood Football Club. And I wanted to uh, throw to you, Al, and get a little bit of perspective on who you think represents the Collingwood bad boy. So when I was researching the Collingwood bad boys, mm. the one name came up a lot. Mm. And it's been quite a struggle to kind of get my head around how to how to present this name to mm. the group because I, I, I wanted to do it justice. But, um, well, it's become a bit of legend, the Collingwood Football Club. He was known as the soft touch, the raging bull. 
described by his coach at the time as nonchalant, sort of blasé. His uh, teammate described him as an epitome of the era, with flair, confrontation, on-field hardness, off-field showmanship. He was the club's spiritual protector. Tough guy on the field, a man of incredible charisma off it. (laughs) And his nickname was Pants, because he wore brightly coloured trousers made by his mum, Denise. And of course, um, we're talking about Darren Mullane. Andrews once again, traps it, gives a hand pass wide. Mullane's a player. Mullane, can he score from here? He hooks it back. It looks a great goal. Darren Mullane, a beautiful goal. Wide. Russell coming in Mullane, crashing his way through. Vintage Darren Mullane. Great play. that's, That's not why he's called Pants, was it? What, Nice in France? <laughs> uh, I like what? that. I like that pure pure spin on it. <laughs> I thought he wore some funny pants. He was a pants, pants man, wasn't he? Oh. Isn't that where that comes from? Well, that's what I thought as a kid. I thought it was he wore some weird pants at the first training session at the club, mm. and forever after they said, "Who's this guy in the pants?" AKA okay. pants from there there on in. But hey, I immediately I went pants, to the gutter. I immediately man. went south. Hey, I'm sure he wouldn't have minded that. Sorry, Denise. Well, this was. Uh, what you guys are talking about is an example of the kind of legends and myths that swirl around mm. Darren Mullane. Mm. Um, I mean, going to your comment, Chunky, mm. apparently Tony Shaw saw him come into the gym at Vic Park on day one and he was wearing tracksuit pants and a gold gymnasium shirt. And Tony Shaw thought, shit, this bloke would want to be good. He'd want to <laughs> be able to fight and play. Fortunately, he could do both, <laughs> in the words of Tony. As Tony found out the hard way. Yeah. I'm five sure. minutes later. There's a lot of stories about Pants Mullane, but I'm interested in, I guess, some of the ways in which he's had an impact on Congwood culture going forward all the way through to the present day. I mean, Dane Swan, um, in his playing days, said that he'd heard so many stories about the man and, quote, sounds as if he would have been right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Denise Mullane said that, you know, Pants grew up, he used to get splinters in his knees trying to climb the back fence when he was a toddler, trying to escape the family home. Um, At the age of five, he kicked a 13-year-old who knocked his two-year-old brother off a bike. At age 11, he took took on a 16-year-old who stole his nine-year-old brother's ball. At at age 18, he captained Danny Nong in the VFA, which is now the VFL. And Denise said he was always a little villain. Anyway, this gets us uh, the long way to um, the story I want to tell about the bus. Now, Pants Mullane, he's, um, you know, a lot of pie-hard listeners out there would have heard bits and pieces about the bus. But even doing some research online, it's amazing how, I guess, contradictory different stories become. You get these mythologies coming up, and there's a whole Mm. bunch of stuff which which kind of doesn't make sense. Now, one of the rumours is that Dennis Banks drove the whole team back to Vic Park from the MCG after the grand final, after having 10 cans. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. And another form of the story is that Mullane and Banks hijacked a bus outside the Tunnel Nightclub at 5am. Yeah. Mullane and Banks hijacked a bus on Hoddle Street. They hijacked a bus at Spencer Street Station. That's someone I know. Another one, Banks, Mullane and Eddie Maguire hijacked a bus at Spencer <laughs> Street with six paying passengers on board. <laughs> Where are they going? With and I, <laughs> like, I've also heard. Has that been? A, was it ever established where they actually were? Th- and I heard that the bus never moved, but it was an old people's bus. Is that true as well? <laughs> Dead set. That's what I heard. I remember. I heard, oh. Five o'clock in the morning. Were they just getting up? <laughs> I heard they couldn't go right. under sixty miles per hour. Is that? Or the bus would explode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Eddie, Dennis, and so Keanu. 
So many myths about it. It's so true. There's so many different variations on that. I heard an old people's bar and it never moved. That <laughs> well, thing. look, the closest I could get to the truth was from the words of Dennis Banks himself. Mm. That's right. <laughs> so here's my thesis with Darren Mullane. Darren Mullane and his subsequent tragic death while drink driving was, according to AFL Chief Executive Ross Oakley, a turning point in player welfare and has been positioned by some as football's unofficial farewell to larrikins. I'd argue that Mullane's death came at the exact juncture when the AFL was transitioning into the modern professional era. In the few years after his death, Wages rose 70%. A new era of professionalism brought with it all the controls of sports science, increased media scrutiny, application of society values by the AFL, the homogenised, some would say roboticised template of modern footballers driven by a single-minded focus on preparation and performance, an era where clubs draft based on character as well as talent. At the same time, the club moved from Vic Park to the new state-of-the-art sporting facility at the Glass House down Olympic Park. The suburb itself has undergone upheaval, led by gentrification, subdivision, the development of cookie-cutter apartment blocks, the rise of the barista, the creative professional and the $12 pint, the concentration of wealth brought about by the inexorable surge of neoliberal economic policy and the swelling of the suburban middle class has resulted in the disappearance of the working-class magpie tribe in its once proud stomping ground of Collingwood. And into this vacuum... In the midst of this loss of working-class identity, the famous brand of knockabout Malayan larrikinism has become one of the only touch points for our collective magpie identity, our love of the bad boy magpie, from Malayan to Swan to Dugowie. It's the magpie way of saying we're never going to be fully homogenised, we're never going to be forced into the commercialised AFL mould, we'll always do things our own way, with toughness and grit, irreverence, and with shameless self-expression. We'll wear the pants. Bravo. Oof. That's good. It's so true, though. <clears throat> just felt the air just leave the mm. room during that sermon. It's beautiful. <laughs> Someone clearly did their research for the Bad Boys uh, episode, which we're very... Uh, you found a thread there that's connecting the modern-day Collingwood player with uh, the pants era. And I think it even goes way back. I think it goes... Mm. goes to the, 20s. To the beginnings. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're right, that bad boy larrikin ruffian love is so prevalent at Collingwood, more than most teams, right? I think so. And I think we all, we feel like we it's our right to have to have one of those as our own, at mm. least one. And at various times, the Rat Pack, you mm. know, we like to lay claim to having a bunch of these 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 renegades. Yeah. 
And it's part of our identity. I think more so than other clubs. Yep. When I feel like, though, when you actually support the team, you never think that anything is that bad. You know, like, I feel like the Rat Pack over the years has gained, like, a cult status, you know, whereas at the time you're kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever, like, footy players do stuff. And, yeah. And then after you look back and you go, oh, okay, when you go through the list, especially researching this episode, and you go, I mean, I don't know if you did, like, bad boys of the Geelong Football Club, would would it be the same or would it have the same relevance? You know? It would just be Steve Johnson again and again. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. so, yeah. And, and a few hangers on. Sal, Sal Wood did cost him a TAC uh, sponsorship as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. No, not, not a lot of um, rebelliousness at the handbag club. No, yeah. I wouldn't have thought so. Unless you're talking God, but God is a whole other realm of bad boy as far as I'm concerned. That's true, this, actually, this yeah. Post, post, post career, I guess. Mm. God before he discovered God, of course. <laughs> yep. Maybe that's an initiative. God is in the H. An initiative for the AFL just to give every club, you know, a golden singlet or a golden ticket, and that's handed to one player in their time of need, a get out of jail free card, mm. just hall to ensure pass. that uh, yeah, hall pass, just to mm. ensure that 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 spirit, the pants spirit, mm. not just with Collingwood but with the rest of the club, mm. can live on. They get one as long as they're wearing that singlet for one month. They get to do whatever they like. Yeah, <laughs> you get it sponsored. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Alcohol sponsored. TAC. Yeah, yeah. who's the sponsor? Fireball <laughs> whiskey. <Wild> turkey. <laughs> Four loco. Insurance. Insurance company. <laughs> those are uh, what are those giant ciders you can buy that are like ten percent alcohol? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lucky you're with Amy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. I know the ones you mean. Yeah. Chunky, uh, I know you're very tight with a lot of the Collingwood bad boys. Who have you been uh, thinking of lately? I've been looking into... uh, He wasn't as heralded or as beloved as Pants Mullane, unfortunately, but he was an interesting error and particular incident, I suppose, you can really nail it down to, or incidents within a five-minute rage. (laughs) And we're talking about John Burke, the infamous John Burke, uh, I don't know if anyone knows him. You probably don't know him. Don Burke's brother? Don Burke's brother, his younger brother, banned from the AFL for life. <laughs> well, close enough. I think it was 15 years or something. Um, 1985, VFL clash up in Sydney. Anyway, cut a long story short. He pushes the umpire over after infringing. Gets dragged off the ground mid-blowout, then jumps a fence and pushes a spectator over and... I don't know if you've seen it. It's uh, it's probably the greatest Australian YouTube link. <laughs> Actually, when I was... Oh, he just whacked the umpire. Hey! Oh, no! That's unbelievable! Oh, boy. Well, that's, this is sensational. That... The umpire has gone down. Now, there are a number of others coming up to talk to him. Surely we've got to get the Collingwood runner out here and uh, get him off the ground for a start. Oh, he whacked oh, he's... He wants to be very careful because... Uh, I'd take him off now, the boy. Well, he's got him. I he's think got you've got to take the boy off. Very smart. Definitely. You've got to take off. the boy off. He's you've leaving the ground. Got to take him off. Oh, dear, dear, dear. He'll whack the runner now. Well, he's not a happy boy. I've never seen that. No? Well... Yeah, I've been around footy shit for a long time. And we invite you on the Army Reserve oh, Cup and look what's happened. It has to be complete frustration, I would say, and... Uh, well, uh, you just... Oh, oh, oh look, he's going to punch the fellow out of the fence in the stand. He's oh. into someone in the stand. Oh, he's giving one too. Yep. Yeah, he's done well. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say again? you got to take the boy off. And my favourite part, 
Peter McKenna, out of nowhere. I mean, the guy's just pushed an umpire over and then getting dragged off the ground. Peter McKenna, bit of insight. It's got to be sheer frustration. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. But the best part is the last part where they're discussing what's just happened. He's just pushed a spectator. He jumped the fence and pushed the spectator over. And one commentator says, yeah, he's give him one too. And then the other one goes, yeah. He's done well. <laughs> uh, so, look, that's my little one. I think it's probably the most bizarre three minutes in Australian rules football history. John Burke is still with us. He's still with us. A friend of mine had to go to an anger management course recently, and the anger management psychiatrist or psychologist, I can't remember which one it was, claim to fame was that he fixed John Burke. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Would have made a spicy uh, Toyota ad back in the day, you know, when they were recreating all of those scenes? Uh, yes. those two hey, comedians? They should have. They missed a trick there. Damn. What about like a self-help book? I fixed John Burke. Because <laughs> <laughs> Don Burke... Episode was, two. <laughs> Don Burke also had uh, anger fixing. problems. He did. A few, yeah, issues. He's meant yeah, to be a right a, cunt. Apparently he was a little hot <laughs> under the collar, as they say. Abused a few people in his time. I saw him walking across uh, Victoria Street recently. He had a mohawk. <laughs> well, I'm not lying. He's Hang changed on. his hair because he Don, must be incognito. Don Burke had a mohawk. Don He had a serious mohawk. And I was like, that is Don Burke and he's got a mohawk on. <laughs> Isn't he a sex pest now? Maybe it was a lawnmower yeah. accident. Uh, I think they, they ran with that a bit. But yeah. It was it's, it's a Grevillea. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Bad boys of the gardening wow. world. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> was he going to Costa? Which was the chance? other one? <laughs> well, what I was going to do was I was just going to give you a, a... I thought it was good to go through a recap of our love and hate relationship with the uh, TAC. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. As we all know that there's been a few uh, indiscretions over the years. But, uh, I mean... This happens all the time, and, and it's not that strange, but it, it's always good to to listen to what the players have to say after they get caught. So, I mean, we all know Wellingham in Lawn uh, cost, as a 19-year-old, uh, cost the club uh, their TAC sponsorship. That's right. It was the last year of a three-year deal, so, I mean, who's to say? I mean, it's a good out, isn't it, if you're mm. not looking to re-sign? Mm. Um, but it's funny what he said, because he was in the car with... Uh, Lance Buddy Franklin mm-hmm. and a ruckman called Simon Taylor, mm-hmm. right, when they got caught. But according to them, they were just moving a parked car. So, mm-hmm. I mean... So, what did he blow? What do we, do we know? Was it I think pants? it was 0. 0.13. 0. 0.13. 0. 0.13. Okay. <clears throat> but, um, <clears throat> when I go away for a weekend, I could... It could be said that I'm just moving a parked car. <laughs> but also, like, you need... You would do, okay, so you're out with your mates, right? You're at the pub, whatever, you're having a drink. Yeah. Would you be like, can you all come with me because I've got to move park car? Mm. You'd just go by yourself, wouldn't you? Sure. And you'd be like, I'll be back in five minutes. I need to move the car. But also, I mean, you'd just deal with the fine, right? Yeah. You're an AFL player. You're going to get a ticket for 60, 70 bucks. Totally. You don't care. You know what I mean? You're not going to be... You stay at the pub and go, I'll deal with the fine in the morning, right? Yeah. Also, the, the message from the TAC was wipe off five. So technically he wasn't speeding. Wipe off 0.05. Well, if it was drink, drive, bloody idiot, then he'd have a case to answer. But as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, mixed messages from the TAC. If we, if the message was no speeding and Wellingham gets busted for drink driving, that should be a separate category. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Should be completely different. Well, he only got two matches for that. He got two matches. So versus, uh, what's his name? Inc- incognito. 
Ah, yes, Richie Incognito. Like two from matches the top of the show. for moving a parked car versus... Um, um, desecrating a corpse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, threatening to kill everyone at a funeral home. Did he, did did he, he, sorry, you go. Sorry, didn't Luke Hodge get no matches for drink driving? Mm. Got the captaincy, didn't he? Or mm. No. Yeah. Because it was too close <laughs> to finals. Or, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So pragmatism so in, the, in the mold house mold. We love mm. it. We love and it. then we also had uh, Chad Morrison um, who got... Chad. Who got caught drink driving on a scooter. So, uh, a moped or I mean, a, well, this is a the razor. thing. What, a razor. I mean, my question is: is, is Hurdy shins? What, what's the percentage ratio of AFL players with a scooter? I guess there was that just Vespa, Chad Morrison. There was that Vespa phase. Remember when everyone? He's from Perth, isn't he? It would be a Perth thing to do, wouldn't it? We would have bought that across. Uh, okay, a, you know, and cross the Nullarbor, Beach. Across the Nullarbor on a scooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fremantle. Chad is just across like, <laughs> the Nullarbor. <laughs> 19 <laughs> days. Randy's a, a Vespa. Drunk man. the whole time. Were we talking about a Vespa? Or were we talking about a Vespa? Well, they didn't clarify. They're not clarifying scooters. Scooters are Vespa. But I mean, uh, what else can it be? If it's not a Vespa, what else? Well, I think it was a motorized little razor. You know, they were in vogue a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Do you need to have a license to drive? Putt. I think you do need a bike license. He was on his learners. Is that right? So he was learning. So he couldn't have come across the nullarbor on your on your learners. Mm, <laughs> on a back, razor scooter. Back to scooter drivers. Doesn't uh, Grundy's got Vespa? Is it, has he? Yeah, riders, I should say. Yeah, he's, he's a Vespa man. Yeah, okay. Of course he is. Well, it was his. Uh, it was his last. It was his last season after that. So maybe. Uh, Chad. Yeah. Was he, he was he was pretty cooked by the time he got to the club. Yeah, he was almost there. I'm confusing. And then there was Chad Rintoul as well, wasn't there? Oh, <laughs> Rintoul, yeah. He had the migraines or hair. something. He had to retire because of migraines, isn't it? Really? Yeah, the oh, Chad, wow, right? Well, when you think of Collingwood Bad Boys, this name comes up a lot. Brody Grundy. <laughs> yes. Now, he might not be the first name uh, to spring to mind when you think of Collingwood Hard Nuts. But in an interview with Inside Sport last year... Mm. He spoke about the problems graffiti had got him into in the past. Mm. Quote, have I ever gotten into trouble? Yes. Do I want to talk about it? No. Oh, we oh. touched on this, but we were too we have. this week we to missed it. incriminate him. So these are the words of, of Grundy sitting in front of Melbourne's Hosier Lane wearing a designer cap and Looney Tunes t-shirt. <laughs> now, if that doesn't... Uh, if that doesn't quite fit the bill of an AFL hard man, may I present to the court Exhibit B. Aaron James. Ooh. Born 31 October 1976 and recruited from the Western Jets, he played a total of 23 games and kicked six goals in two stints with the club. He left and came back. Do you he came remember back? That? Yeah, he I came remember back. he went to Richmond. I didn't realise he came back. Wow. A favourite of piehard Derm, Dermot Brereton once compared him to <laughs> Wayne Carey, and mm. whilst he never fulfilled the great heights of Carey, he did have the Ducks measure in another department. Skullduggery. Ah, uh, uh, wondering where that was going. Let yeah. Me, yeah, sorry, so I had to turn the page. Uh, let me uh, let me just go through the uh, rap sheet, uh, if you will. Uh, 1996 Collingwood players Jonathan Ross. Do you know Jonathan Ross? Yeah. Yep. No. Trent Hotton moved to the, moved to the UK. Otters. Yeah. We know Otters. Yeah. Jonathan Ross <laughs> and Aaron James were charged with a fray following a brawl with nightclub security. Ross was fired from the club immediately. Oh. Whilst Hotton and James were fined and put on notice. Oh, Again, no, no, this no, no, is no, 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 house pragmatism. 1997, uh, he didn't have much luck. He was injured for most of the year, but he still uh, made the headlines towards the end of the year when he got in trouble, this time for urinating on two women at the Saloon Bar in South Yarra. Wow. That's um, down I'm, Rich Tom's neck of the woods. I the Saloon Bar. Oh, yeah, it was a good time yeah. down there. It was one of the only Western-themed bars in Turak. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> in that huge proximity. 
Uh, fine for both incidents, Collingwood lost, uh, ultimately lost patience with him and he was then traded to Richmond, a club uh, who would take him. Uh, so that, that kind of ends his career, but it continues, the rap sheet. So t- 2011 cops a lifetime ban from playing football in Victoria for clubbing a spectator, Jeez. John Burke style, wow. uh, while playing for the Sunbury Kangaroos. Uh, slightly goes a little bit off the rails <clears throat> of late. Uh, allegedly, so in two, 2017, allegedly forced a driver off the road while evading police. Same yes. year, faced 133 charges for multiple breaches of an intervention order. Jeez. Uh, and then towards the end of 2017, same year, uh, police discovered that James had borrowed the car from a member of the Rebels Outlaw Motorcycle Gang and allegedly had 18 grams of meth and me- methamphetamine worth between 9000 and 12000 and a police scanner in scanner. said vehicle. Uh, he was also charged with drug trafficking after police searched text messages on his phone. Uh, James applied for bail without a lawyer, claiming the drugs and police scanner were not his and said that a court order which banned him from driving altogether was just a typo by the magistrate. That goes down well in court. Jeez, um, the boys better get... Aaron down to that wooden spoon reunion because he's going to light things up. <laughs> I think that's collectively the Rat Pack have nothing on Aaron James. Yeah, Rat Pack. Sad. <laughs> yeah, but where does the Rat Pack sit in all of this? In the Bad Boys, the are they? Are the, is the Rat Pack? Does this? We haven't spoken about them. Do they epitomise the Collingwood Bad Boy? I got to say one thing. At least they could play football. The Rat Pack or yeah. Aaron James? <laughs> the Rat yeah. Pack. On the football field, sure, but I can't help thinking, and I've always had this kind of inkling, that the Rat Pack is a kind of commodification of the bad boy Collingwood... Pastiche. ...culture. It's mm. it's almost like something which was created for the media and got legs. Not created for the media, but it's something that came about uh, friendship of a few a few rogues who weren't doing too much wronging, a few tats, a couple of little punch ups, and the media kind of ran with it. Mm. Oh, yeah. I get that feeling. Like, well, Robbo loved it. Yeah. Although, yeah. I mean, I guess when you do get Dane Swan tweeting that he can uh, that he can evade all the drug testing, what did he he did that famous tweet where he said that he could uh, that they'll never catch him. Yep. So who are we talking about for a start? Now, Who's in the rat pack? Mm. The, the first name that comes to mind would be Dane Swan. In the Rat Pack, yeah. or more did Dids, Didac, he's older. I reckon. Dids. I reckon, I reckon Johnson. I reckon Swan talked. Dids did. Yeah. <laughs> Dids Dids was the one rolling with the uh, with the enemies, shooting out of vehicles, drunk, Heater. smashing shit. Heater as well, right? Heater. Fair, fair to say that the founders will, must have been just by age. Must Roids. have been Didac, Johnson, and Tarrant. Yep. Yeah. And then you had this kind of like second level come through, which was your Swans. Who did yeah. you mention? Uh, Heathshaw. Heathshaw. Thomas. Thomas kind of gets associated with him, yeah, but I, I never thought like he, he kind of gelled. He was, in there. So he was probably just was. like the guy on the side too scared to do anything. I think Sharad was down. Down with Brody Holland. Down with the clan. Brody Holland. Brody Holland. And I think Holland. also pre that there was he, also Chipper Adkins, Rupert Bathers. There's a few of them all kind of. Just got a little go. But Glenn, they, Glenn they, Freeborn. Do we think of those guys as a rat pack? That's rat pack. Well, that's not rat pack. That's just rats. Precursor. Yeah. Brody Holland had a rats. fight with a girl. These are the OGs of the rat pack. Brody Holland had that fight with a girl at the taxi rank. Did he? The woman headbutted her, I think. Did he? Wow. Yeah. He had, Nick yeah, McGon was... also had a fracker like that, didn't he, in a bar? Uh, Good word, fracker. Mm. Is that how you say it? I think it is. I mean, fracker. Whoever went to the time Dane Swan, club? Ben Johnson, Heath Shaw, and Chris Tarrant. That's your rat pack. Yeah. The, According the, to the, the, core, the core, I don't know about you guys. I always liked it. 
I thought it was great that we had a Rat Pack. All the other teams had their squares. So who would be the current crop that, that takes oh. the mantle or the, bat, the baton the rat from tail. the Rat Pack? Or the cliched ones, yeah, I guess, to easy, easy to single out to Goey for a couple of yep. misdemeanors. But I think if, you, if you're holding him up against the candle that is Richie Incognito... Mm. Kind of pales in significance. Yes. Yeah. Maybe snake pack, but I'm not What's sure it, about um, snake pack. Crocker. What's a group of snakes called? What's he doing? Nest. Tackled. Viper's nest. Is <laughs> oh it? yeah. The snake nest. Snake Ooh. nest. Ooh. JDG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thick-headed snake. See, that's that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And, okay, so nest. we've identified Dugowie as the clear alpha of the snake mm. pack. Mm. Who has he got underneath him? What, what did Jeremy Howe do? <laughs> oh, he's alright. <laughs> didn't he do with the fris- was it a frisbee? I think he did. Oh, that, that was, that was Dugowie. again. No, 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 but... He did do something. He did do something. Yeah, no, he how, threw a frisbee. That, that's, well. that should not get you... Was it, no, was how walking, walking the dog? Did he say that he broke his wrist walking the dog? Slipped over or something. We love doing that at Collingwood. You could almost say Jaden Stevenson uh, in light of his gambling indiscretions, but then that's kind of outweighed big. by his love of P&O cruising. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, making T-shirts with mates. Yeah, <laughs> so well, he's out. <laughs> I mean, Grundy, obviously, you know, like Grundy with the graph. Oh, yeah, surely, well, no, surely there is a Rat Pack, kind of. And I'm saying, I'm putting it out there. It's Dugowie, Crocker. What about Crocker? Tay Tay. Taylor Adams. Oh, no, he's no, become a leader. Captain in waiting. He's too become t- a leader, yeah. He's too hot focused. head, but he's hot yeah. head. He takes it all out on the field. And it can't be yeah, Grundy. No, no Rat Pack member would, self-respecting no. Rat Pack member would no. ever what want about, to move to Adelaide. That was a, <laughs> what about future Rat Pack? Ah. Like who can you who can you see having like a major indiscretion in the next well, let's, five or six years? That's right. Let's assume that JDG is in recruiting mode. Yeah. Mm. He's very lonely at the Alpha, the top the top building of the, the snake pit. Croc is his right hand. That's his shotgun, I reckon. What about the least? Like Will Huskin Elliott. Can, can anyone imagine him doing anything? No, he's just had a kid. No, no, he's no. not Rat Pack. He's Rats of Tobruk. <laughs> no, he's had a kid. He looks like he's probably cleaning someone's gutters next door to their mum's house kind of. Is there, there's not a more maybe Darcy. What about Maynard? What about Maynard? Oh, Square. Yeah, Maynard. Angry Maynard, Maynard looks to me yeah. like he could. Uh, he's putting a few cans. He's, he's definitely he's, put someone down out oh, the front of a nightclub. He'd go into yeah. like hundred percent. He'd go into berserk and never mode, get back up. <laughs> and there'd be like eight oh. people on the ground in Port Melbourne nightclub. And he's just berserk. He's like well, those who listened to Buy Hard episode one would have uh, heard us uh, describe Maynard as the uh, machine gun toting baddie in the. Pie Hard, the movie. Oh, and if so you listened to the Queen's Birthday episode, you would have heard about Angry Pendlebury, a.k.a. Devil Jim. Devil Jim. <laughs> Devil Jim. <laughs> <laughs> How did we miss he's still our lowest uh, ranking Instagram post uh, to date, the Devil Jim one? I think that was for a select audience, but oh. I think we're for all we're for all types at Pie Hard. I immediately regretted putting that up. That's my one foray into social media. And since then, I've just given yeah, it back. It was good. Good. My no, favorite. Good. It was my favorite post. Uh, how did we miss Maynard? Maynard has got to be the biggest Rat Pack I don't know. He may be just doing it by himself after a game. He is... You can see him even in the changing rooms after a game. His brain is just moving around like nuts. He's ready to have a big night. Okay, so him and JDG. That's it at the moment, isn't it? He's like the grind fight. There might be someone in the VFL. I don't know. If we we win a grand final... If we win a grand final, they need to put cuffs on Maynard next to, you know... um, an official because he's going to go and rip the town apart. So who's a who's our favourite bad boy in the annals of Collingwood misbehaviour? Well, I'm glad you asked, and 
it takes it takes us all back to um, probably our, one of our most favourite seasons, the nineteen oh oh season, nineteen hundred season. <laughs> oh oh. Oh, uh, is that yeah? Is um, that the noughties as well? It wasn't. It was the start. It was the start. It was the one nine k? And um, bad boys of the noughties. A bad boy by the name of Richard Dick Condon. Born 19 March 1876, died 27 December 1946. Condon was a highly skilled player, a wiry and tenacious man of greater than average height, 5 foot 11, uh, with great speed, brilliant evasive skills and an outstanding capacity for reading the game. He's also widely credited as the man who contributed the most to the development of the stab kick, the stab pass, ah. um, which became a central feature of the Collingwood football team's pattern of play at the time. But... The Franger. Far from being um, one of the finest uh, players of the era to wear the Collingwood stripes, he was also known as a, a bit of a wild man with a threshold for violence, which was often directed at his own teammates as well as opponents and his short temper with club officials and umpires. Right. Um, and a view that things must always be seen from his own perspective with an intolerance for failure. Um, so... Halfway through the 1900 season, Condon was appointed captain of Collingwood, so the captain of the club. Um, And in his role as the captain, he gave the umpires an absolute shellacking, which started on the 7th of July 1900, when he um, gave a fair bit of abuse and was suspended for three weeks by the VFL for uh, abusing an umpire. And then two weeks later, still under suspension, got into a fist fight with uh, a teammate, Arthur Robertson. Robson in the middle of the Collingwood three-quarter time huddle. So this was during a game. Right. He was suspended, started laying into his own player. Dick. Had to be restrained by umpires, teammates, and Collingwood club officials, but it really boiled. The flashpoint um, really came on the 1st of September during um, Collingwood's second uh, round Robin finals match against Geelong at the Corio Oval. Is that Cadinia Park? Corio mm. Oval? No, Corio's uh, <clears throat> down, oh, down the other end down the other end, is it? Um, Beneath the smokestacks of Shell. Oh, Okay, so Connor became so upset with the umpiring of Dick Gibson during the last quarter of the match that he lost his temper and signalled for his teammates to follow him off the oval, demanding that the Collingwood match committee order the Collingwood players from the field. Um, after Gibson, the umpire threatened to report the entire Collingwood team for bringing the game into disrepute. Wow. The Collingwood committee f- refused to do so and instead ordered Connor and the team to get back on, get back on the field. <laughs> what are you doing? Or be expelled from the club. Um, at that stage, Collingwood was a point ahead of Geelong, but Condon's behaviour so unsettled his team that it did not score again and lost to Geelong 6 8 44 to 4 7 31. Mm. It was the loss in this match that eliminated Collingwood from premiership calculations. <sighs> One more. And in the final match of the three round, ra- uh, round robin match series, they must have done round robins back in the old 1900s, um, Collingwood played Melbourne at the Lake Oval, and the field, umpi- the field umpire for the match was Henry Ivo Crap. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting crap. name for a, an umpire. Dick. Was he any good? Crap. All kinds <laughs> of characters, crap. but yeah. Imagine Well, uh, he was considered the uh, most experienced umpire in the competition. So you can say He something? had thick skin. No, I was going to say, imagine him if he was uh, umpiring now with the whole... Uh, oh, the crap surname. Uh, Conan abused crap throughout the remainder of the match, culminating in his infamous barrage of insults involving the umpire's daughter. Uh, oh, right. So he's gone to town. He's gone to town. And he uh, he said to Crap in the second quarter, your girl's a bloody whore, um, which led to a lifetime ban. Ooh. He ended up strangely becoming an umpire in Tasmania. That's the way. There you go. Rehabilitated. Dick. Dick went nuts. And he <laughs> did not muck around, it sounds like. Jeez. You wouldn't get lifetime ban for that comment today. 
No. No. Well, you wouldn't. You'd get a year's ban now, I would suggest. If you said to an umpire, your daughter is a whore, I don't think they're going to be very (laughs) happy. uh, (laughs) Maybe not like I didn't realise it was the umpire. You wouldn't get three votes, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's a fair call. Maybe maybe he's like, yeah, we're having issues. (laughs) She's off the rails. She's off the rails. Um, Raise raise the ray. Raise the ray. Well, on that note, um, congratulations to McInerney for breaking the game's record holdership of the umpiring. Um, daughter is a beautiful Come young on, woman. Where are we going with this? <laughs> His surname was actually Tucker. She's here now. <laughs> okay, so don't forget that we're on socials at Hard Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Please get in touch. We actually do want to do a bit of a call out. We want to hear mm. from you guys. We want to. We want your questions. We want your comments. We want some themes. Uh, send them in. What would you like the Pie Hard team uh, to discuss? The best ones will uh, will become fodder in the Pie Hard booth. Um, but you can also email us at piehardpodcast at gmail.com. Best answers will be featured in the next episode soonish. Up the woods. <laughs> <laughs>